everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you for being here. As you know, on this podcast, I speak to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. And so today I'm speaking with my friend Lisa Techmiller, and she is her passion is really to help people have a healthy and strong marriage. And she's been working with couples in marriage ministry for over 12 years. She works with a group here in Austin, Texas, where she gets to mentor the women. Um, it's like a 13, 13-week marriage recovery program. And she has invested in this tool that she loves. It's called Symbus. And it's to help facilitate really good communication between couples before they get married. And so I've been married 25 years. So on this podcast, when I'm talking to her, I'm like, wait, can we do that now? Because um, it's just such a good idea. And the, the answer is yes, you can. So if you want to get in touch with Lisa or hear more about Symbus, I've included all of the ways to contact her at greatbigyes.com in the show notes. And I know that marriage can go through different ups and downs. And sometimes even in the holiday season, which we're in now, I'm recording this on December 9th of 2019, um, it can be a stressful time for marriages as family members come in and out and um, maybe there's travel, maybe there's stress over finances and things like that. And so I think this is such a timely conversation to be having. And I know that for many of us, uh, marriage can just be one of those areas where we really feel like God is like sharpening us, right? Like we're learning a lot about ourselves through our marriage and how to love well and how to love unconditionally. And as you guys know, I'm a life coach and this is one of the areas that I feel a coach can be really helpful in. Now, sometimes you're going to need a counselor or a therapist to deal with certain things in marriage or a marriage mentor or one of these programs that Lisa's involved in. But if you just wanted somebody to talk to and you wanted to kind of examine what's going on with a life coach, I would love to talk to you. I've been married 25 years. We have three kids, 17, 20, and 22, and we've kind of been through it all. And so I would love to chat with you if you're interested in getting some coaching around the issue of marriage. And many times what I find is helpful is just to have someone to listen to you, right? So maybe there's nothing actually like, quote, wrong in your marriage, right? There's not some major event that you're trying to walk through or heal, but there may be some thought work that could be helpful, some mindset work that could be helpful around marriage. And as a coach, I love to ask people to just take every thought captive, right? So if my husband says something to me that hurts my feelings, I like to ask myself, like, did I just make a mountain out of a molehill? Or am I creating drama where there is no drama? Or is this something I really need to talk to him about? And my husband told me early on, I think this is a great thing for him to say, and it's just been so helpful, is he said, you know, I'm not a mind reader. So if you're upset with me or if I've said something that's offended you or you, you know, we're not communicating in, in a way that feels good to you, tell me because I can't like make up for something that I don't know I'm even doing. And so I thought that was just genius and that was early on. And so I'm grateful to that. So communication is key. And Lisa talks about that on this podcast, how important communication is. But sometimes um, with a coach, what you can do is just kind of get your own mind right. 
You know, talk about what happened or maybe what you're feeling and just kind of the coach really doesn't tell you what to do. The coach just asks you questions that help you discover um, what you want to do or what your next thing is. And so um, I love this conversation because I'm also passionate about people having beautiful, healthy marriages. And I want that for all of us. So here you go. Here's Lisa. I'm so excited you're here. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm here in the uh, snow-covered Southern Illinois with it being seven degrees this week. So it's been an interesting uh, start to our winter. Goodness, I don't miss that. It's about in the 40s here in Texas, which is freezing for us. But I was talking to my friend on the phone yesterday and I told her I was by the fire with a blanket and she was laughing. She's like, please don't complain about the weather in Texas. (laughs) So yeah. I definitely won't do that, but I am so excited to have this conversation with you. I know when we first met and I learned all about what you do, I just, it's so interesting and I love the work you do. So can you explain to people what is your great big yes? Well, my great big yes is I, um, I help people with their most important relationship besides the one they have with God. And a lot of times that's their marriage. And, um, because of a lot of failures and setbacks in our own marriage journey, it just seemed like God was paving the way for me to use my own vulnerabilities, um, our own failures to help those with theirs. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard to say this great big yes, because it's hard to be vulnerable, especially I think about our marriages. Uh, People don't want to admit that, you know, your marriage has failed or your marriage has went through really hard times. Um, you know, our marriage pretty much was, was burnt to a crisp and we had to build it back. And through that building back, um, God disclosed to me a lot of things um, about me that needed to be, <laughs> that need to be refined and also through my husband. So, you know, both of us went through a fire together and what we came out on the other end was something um, much more kind or more wiser um, a much deeper love than we ever had even um, aspired to even believe we'd ever have again. But, you know, when you were talking about when we first opened up uh, in our conversation, was talking about the weather. And if you really think about it, our marriages, you know, we kind of go through the, the four seasons, don't we? I mean, you know, yeah. we start out in spring and everything is, is beautiful and fresh and and, and it's just um, a, a time to get to grow and know each other. But, you know, one thing about marriage, why it's so hard is because we really have to lose to ourselves to gain so much more with, with who we share our lives with. And I just think sometimes uh, in the seasons of dating, you know, not a lot of things are exposed until you've been through <laughs> a couple of, of the other seasons together of what you're going to be walking through. Because in marriage, we're always growing towards the opportunity to, to learn, grow, and to transform, right? Yes. Um, and, and I think, you know, iron sharpens iron is so many used at times with, with men's ministry, but I also believe that's also in marriage because, you know, spring really is that honeymoon stage. My daughter just got married. Um, I guess it's now been, it's been three weeks ago and um, just a beautiful time. And I'm so excited for them and their new life. And so, you know, they're in that spring season. And then, you know, I know that, you know, we've been through the summer, you know, our children are grown now. I'm expecting my first grandbaby in May. So I'm super excited. So exciting. 
kids. And, you know, in summer is the time when, you know, things get hot, right? You know, it's where, and I don't mean the kind of, you know, sexual desire hot. I'm talking about a lot of financial stresses. There can be family stress. There can be physical concerns. I mean, a lot of strain of just caring for our children. Yes. And, you know, it, in that summer, I call it the hot season, you know, it's kind of where our true character is kind of revealed. And, and you know, you know, you and your, you know, your spouse can really hurt you along these ways. And, and the wear and tear of all of trying to take care of your children, it may be your careers, and you move through all of these changes that sometimes you're not equipped for, you know, your marriage can come into a slow phase. And, um, you know, that's un un unexpectedly, then you can end up in winter um, pretty fast if you don't take care of, of the seasons we're talking about. So, you know, and I have to say, you know, winter is definitely the hardest. Um, I think that's where uh, things can come about with a frozen heart, you know, a frozen attitude, um, you know, chilly emotions towards each other and affections towards each other but you know I know from my marriage you know we went through you know <laughs> a fiery winter and you know it became one of the greatest opportunities for our marriage to thrive and survive yeah. and, and from that you know we became even even stronger advocates for each other and and for one another so it's you know, and I think I, I might have, uh, you know, talked about kind of missed fall there, but, you know, even in the fall, you know, it can be a beautiful season with all the bright colors and everything that we can experience in that time. But um, I think also through the, the fall time, it's sometimes where we can have a passive aggressive behaviors because we're really getting to know each other's personalities and we know what makes each other tick sometimes, right? <laughs> and we can, we don't make it everything so colorful as we like fall to be. It can, it can be a time where we can, we can pick on each other and pick on the colors we don't like and the colors we wish there were in our relationships. So, you know, I think going through all those seasons, um, God has really refined me on so many levels to be vulnerable about my, my, my life, my marriage. And um, through that, I have worked with a ministry out of Austin, Texas. Um, I work with about two to three groups a year. I'm in currently one. I'm in week uh, three of this new group that I'm working with. So I take six women who are in marriage crisis. They're deciding uh, whether they're going to stay in their marriage. Some have already divorced. But we just go through this 13-week study of just, you know, what they want for their life. Um, a lot about working through forgiveness from all the pain from the relationship that's been encountered through um, bad character on behalf of their um, husband. Mm -hmm. And so through that, um, you know, I, I was just adding up the other day how many women I've gone through this with. And I think I'm in at least around maybe 65 women at this point. Mm -hmm. And and I hate to say this, and this sounds ter terrible, but I don't think there's any story you could tell me about marriage uh, that I would be surprised by. <laughs> it's so sad and evil what mankind can do to one another, you know, even the people that, you know, we call our, our husband or wife. And, um, but from that, I have seen God just do amazing miracles in people's lives. And then I've also seen some women who have ended up divorced and have rekindled um, a new appreciation for life and for themselves. 
have become healthy in relationships and and I've had a whole new life to start off. You know, I just, when I start with these women, I said, you know, I don't know where God is going to take your journey, but I do know that he has plans for you and those plans are good. Mm-hmm. And he will never take any of our pain and, and not use it for good. But we also have to be willing in that. And that's where I had to say the big yes, Sue. <laughs> I had to say, okay, God, you did not take me through this journey, not to use it for the benefit for your kingdom and for other families to be healthy. Mm. And one of the things that I always do with all the women is I will say, okay, you know, how many children do you have? What are the ages? And, and one particular group really stood out to me. Out of the six women, we had 22 children that were from those, those six women. Mm-hmm. And so I would always pray for them. And in my last group, I, uh, I had a lady say, you know, I've been praying for my marriage, but I haven't been praying for my children through all this. Because one of the things you always pray that your children won't absorb the pain from the things that you're experiencing. Um, because even when you're going through a lot of uh, triumphs of issues with your marriage, you know, you have a tendency not to be present as a parent. And I think it's really important. I want to put a disclaimer here that, you know, you really need to be careful what you tell and share with your children what's going on in your marriage. You need to keep that age appropriate and um, be very cautious. I'm a big advocate of therapy um, for the whole family when, you know, there's a major crisis in a, in a marriage because everyone is, is hurting. But this I want to take to, to a, a different angle, if you don't mind, Sue. Yeah. You know, even though I work with crisis marriages, it was something in my heart that I was like, how do I get on the front line? You know, how do I help couples? Is there a tool out there that I can help couples, you know, start stronger? Because I know that if my husband and I would have really had, I think, a lot more, um, oh, guidance, a um, little more of, um, you know, even some premarital counseling, I think it really would have helped our marriage so much. Yeah. And they didn't really do that. I always call it back in the day, right? <laughs> back in the day, you just kind of met with your minister and it was a done deal, right? And How many years have you been married? Uh, we've been married 33 years. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have any premarital counseling? No, not really. No, no. Okay. I remember we had to go, I was Catholic, and we had to go to um, pre-Cana, which was like the premarital counseling where you, you would fill out like a form and you would say yes or no or true or false. And then my husband would do the same thing. And then he would look at them and see where we were different. And then he would kind of counsel us in those areas. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yes. Was it was a good idea. Um, but go ahead. So tell me what what you found the tool so i started kind of researching i'm a real research hound you give me anything to like look up and i'm 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 on it you know i just that's I, maybe it's probably i'm a three on the enneagram so maybe that's where that comes me from too. But I, oh awesome well see we're sisters of a tender spirit here being an enneagram three but talking about the enneagram isn't it so exciting to learn your number and to understand the the concepts of the Enneagram and your family dynamics, because I now know the number of all of my children, all of their, my, my daughter-in-law and son-in-law, and it has really helped us to communicate better. Same. So yeah. I kind of want to segue this into, we love tools like that in our lives, right? I mean, yes. cust- I mean, I know a lot of big companies. I also on the side do customer service training for companies and have been a big advocate of that and just about any job I've ever had. I ended up voice training about customer service. And 
one of the personality things that, um, you know, corporations are looking at is sometimes they're giving you personality tests. You know, what are you going to be like when you work on a team? Are you a team person? Are you a person that likes to work alone? Yes. And that same concept is what I found at Simbus. And Simbus is um, put together by Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott. Um, they are both, um, you know, counselors and therapists. And they created the Simbus at Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts assessment. And it is fantastic. So it, it literally gives you back in return 18 pages of not only your personalities, but how you define love. Um, it even uh, walks us through, you know, who's the spender, who's the saver. saver. Um, it even talks about, you know, the dynamics of what's your marriage momentum, you know, are you a romantic mindset? Are you a resolute mindset? Or even are you even reluctant to even yeah. get married? So it just shares a lot of details to each other that I don't think you normally can find because every couple, and I mean every couple that I've done this with, they are blown away. Yeah. And I would say, I always set them down. I said, now are you ready to be amazed? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, sure, you know. And I'll turn to page eight, which I always start on page eight because that's where it talks about their personalities. Because I want to start there first because I think that's such a the grounding force of how we are, how we're wired and how we think. Yeah. So I'll have them read each other's um, um, profile of, of what they are because they're of, um, in Simbus, there's eight different uh, personality profiles or personalities of your similarities and differences that are give the combination of who you are. Mm -hmm. So like one person might be a cooperating spouse and the other one might be an affirming spouse. And it goes through and tells you, and you read your own, right? And they're like, yeah, that's just like me. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have the other, you know, the, the young man um, read his, you know, future fiancés and they both like, they're amazed. I mean, they're like, oh my gosh, this is just you to a T. Then I'll have them say, okay, I want you to put a star underlying the sentence that literally just describes, if you could put your, your, your future mate exactly what they are like, you underline it. And they're like, this is so much, I can't hardly choose. <laughs> yeah. So that is how detailed that it is. And also just how, I don't know. To me, it's, it's something that I think sometimes we get, we've got married and I'm talking about myself here right now. You know, uh, my husband was dynamic. He was charismatic. He was handsome. He was smart. You know, he was all those attributes, right? Mm -hmm. But I really didn't know what really made him tick. But I knew what pleased me, right? We married with the thought of this is what pleases me. But I never really gave much thought of what am I doing to in turn be what he needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what the assessment does so well before we get back to the last page. It kind of opens up to each other in the relationship, kind of what the other one needs from you because it actually goes through the communication styles that work best for you to communicate um, to your future spouse. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of when my husband and I took the love languages test. Yeah. And we were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my love language is words of affirmation and his love language is physical touch. And, but I was giving him words of affirmation. That's you what know, you like. And <laughs> yeah, you learn that like, oh, I have to give them what they want. But so it kind of reminds me of that, just a deeper understanding of 
them and what they need. Well, I'll just, I'll just share this as an example, if you don't mind. And okay. I'm just sharing this. I'm not sharing from a couple because everything I have is confidential. Mm -hmm. I'm just sharing you a sample that they have uh, when you go through the training. Yeah. Um, for instance, you know, they're saying that the young lady in this, uh, the strengths you bring to the relationship. Hers was an excellent win-win type of negotiator, will gather facts before offering an opinion, socially poised and people-oriented, enthusiastic about activities and involvement, and bring a feeling of security and stability. That's what she brings to the relationship. Yeah. He, on the other hand, is a good team player, positive participation, never a dull moment, excites others getting involved, creative in playtime with your spouse, and motivate others towards positive goals. So when you kind of understand where the other person ticks, and then also getting back to the personality, you know, it, it kind of gives a confirmation and then also to also to that an affirmation for yourself that like, Hey, this is who I am and it's okay. Yes. There's so much that we do with the differences. We don't take the differences as a positive. We always take them to the negative, right? Well, why can't you just be more like me? Right. Exactly. I love it. And you're right. Like once we see, I don't know, like, it's funny though, I, on that note, I, my daughter took the Enneagram and she's a seven. And then she started like kind of using that as like, well, mom, you know, the reason I do that is because I'm a seven, right? Like, so I feel like there's like this thing with the, um, with these kind of evaluations sometimes where, yeah, we can look at the positives and then we can look at what that other person needs, but then you don't want to fall into like, if there's like a, a list of maybe challenges, which with it, don't fall into like an excuse. Well, I'm just wired that way. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think you have to be very careful with that. And that's something that I always talk to the couples about. Like, you know, you can't take this and, and use it as, 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 a, as a time bomb with each other because I will share that with you. It's like, it also says in this assessment, you at your best when facing a challenge. So for instance, this, um, the, the girl on the page was basically patient, diplomatic, steady, methodical, and dependable. Where his, where he is most challenged is being positive, upbeat, encouraging, respectful, easygoing. Well, he could come back and say something about, you know, um, you're just as not as positive as me. Cause see how positive I am. See what this yes. says on paper? See? That's what I mean. Yeah. But then also there's these little time bombs it talks about where, you know, she's fearful, hesitant, and intimidated. And where it's saying he is talkative, a poor listener, and self-promoter. So again, she could come back to him and say, well, see, it said you was a poor listener. See, so you're not listening to me. Yes. And, that, and I think that's where we need to be very constructive. And I really try to work with the couples and say, okay. So it does say here that under stress, you know, he is a poor listener. Isn't that an opportunity for you, you, you as his wife to maybe take his sweet face and put, him, put your hands on his face and say, sweetheart, I need you to really listen to me because this is so important to me. Mm -hmm. It hurts me if you don't. I mean, we, I don't think we're that intentional sometimes. I think we, we get comfortable in our relationships or we get blaming in our relationships to the point that we don't really try to see the person for who they are and love them as they are. Just as our Heavenly Father loves us as he has made us special, we're all unique. It's right. that kind of an intention of isn't, isn't the most greatest love is to be known by your lover and friend? <laughs> I mean, that is to be known. Yes. And, 
And the only way we can truly be known is to be vulnerable and to be truly authentic, not only to our, our own feelings, but to the person we're married to. Being honest, because that is a tough one. Well, and you talked about um, just in the notes that you had sent me, just different things you were talking about, like communication and respect and how I love the part where you said like, um, you know, you're building the marriage, like the mortar we use in the bricks, like in the tile work and how just we build on the respect and the communication piece. So like my visual of her putting his face in her hands and like, there's such kindness there. There's such gentleness there. And I think sometimes we haven't built the base. Like, I love that you're doing this with people before they get married because it's setting that tone. Because if you've been married a long time and you've never been gentle with one another, does that make sense? Like where you wouldn't even consider taking that person's face in your hands and asking for what you need. Because well You've never done that. That's not your language. Like that would be so unknown, but it would break so much of the defenses down. Yes. And I do want to tell you that they have come out with Simba's Plus. So I can do this with married couples too. I was going to say, is it only for pre-marriage? Because I'm uh, like, I want to do no, that. Everyone that saw this was like, hey, I, want, I know we're married, but I want this too. Yes. And I have worked with um, uh, three or four couples. One in particular that really stands out to me is they, they had not had children yet and they were getting ready to have children and they wanted to make sure that they had uh, done additional work on their marriage. I wanted to do something fun. So she knew me and she says, I just trust you. She said, would you mind, you know, uh, taking me and, and I won't say name, his name, you know, through this. And I said, I would love to work with the two of you because I'd been to their wedding four years earlier. And so yeah. we sat down and there were tears shed between both of them and just the, just the remarks of, um, how much they didn't know about each other and thought that they did. And that's okay because yeah. we have a lifetime to get to know our mate. Again, we go through seasons personally and, and, you know, career wise. I mean, there's just different seasons of life that we go through that we're going to experience with our spouse, but it was so sweet. And they do now have two precious little girls and it's just, and, and you know, it's been mentioned back to me. We're so glad we did that. Yeah. I think, I think it's what, couples who really uh, that live their marriage and and make and I call it living with intent right uh -huh. I, mean, I want to have a great marriage but you got to do the things to make a great marriage one of the things I always recommend um, to couples is every year go to a retreat somewhere I mean go away and 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 there's and they're everywhere I mean I know there's a lot in Tennessee I'm sure you have them down in, in Texas and there are retreats to go to and even better yet, if you have small children, you know, leave them with the grandparents or with good friends and, and go have a weekend away where you don't talk about kids, where you don't talk about work, where you literally talk to each other like you did when you dated because you, you miss that and your relationship needs that. Yeah. And this is one of the tools you can go and, and have is, is a Simba's assessment. And here's the thing we think about assessment, like, you know, is that a pass or fail? This isn't, a, this isn't anything to do with a pass or fail. This is just really giving you tools, just if you took the Enneagram uh, to find what number you are, um, the assessment just kind of tells you, you know, hey, here's some things, this is who your partner is, here are some things you're struggling with, and here's the things that, you know, you can go do to make a, a difference. 
Yeah. So how cool is that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like if someone's listening and they're like, well, how do I get involved? How would I learn about this? Is somebody doing Simbus kind of everywhere? Is it all around the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I went so far to do a, you know, I had a, a web designer out of Nashville, Tennessee, put together my website. I don't know if you've got on there or not and looked it over, but uh, it's basically simbuslovestory.com. And I had to call up Simbus because I wanted to make sure if I put all this money into it and I bought that um, domain name, I'll make sure I was okay. And they were like, yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. And um, that's been a really cool experience learning that technology, Sue, as we all struggle with. But, um, um, and that's something that, um, yeah, and what you could do, you can reach out to me on there or, you know, you, I'll put it through the show notes, you know, my, my, my email. But I also have worked with a, com a couple literally from Uganda. Uh, they contacted me from Instagram. And how cool was that? So cool. So cool. I, <laughs> I mean, it. that is so cool. And now we're Facebook friend buddies. And, and so I can do it virtual just uh, on a Zoom call. Uh, I've done that a couple of times where uh, they may be in another state. And so we'll just get on and I will send them the um, uh, transcripts of the results uh, through them through an email. And then we just go and walk through it together. So oh, it, it's a lot of fun. So this is something that can be done anywhere. It's virtual. Um, but I'm sure that you have Simbus facilitators in the Austin, Texas area. I would, I would, I would make a bet you do. Yeah. So do you find that the husband or the male, the fiance, the male is reluctant to this or do you feel like they're excited? I'm sure it's different, but do you, the majority of guys, cause I know that my husband is kind of hesitant sometimes with this personal development stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, you would think that, but I will tell you the last two assessments I've done here in the last two months, they, um, they, I had two, two uh, young men reach out to me. Yeah. They all up and everything. And you'll, you'll be surprised by this. Who ends up crying is usually, or shedding a tear will be the young men. Yeah. You know, it's hard for men. They're not taught to share their feelings or, you know, things that they're really struggling with. And this is what I love about Simbus. You hear me say that a lot. It really helps in a very kind and gentle way mm -hmm. to help people to say, you know, this is what I feel. We're always really easy to blame others or, or tell you this is what I think you are doing wrong. But it's really hard for us as human beings a lot of times to be able to share what we're really feeling. And um, that's what the, the assessment really helps people do in a really unique way. I love that. You know, um, you know, cause you're in my group on Facebook, we're reading that boundaries book. And just today I was reading and talking about on the Facebook live, the, um, just the, okay. So there was an example like where a wife said to her husband, you have to stop drinking. You're ruining our family. Right. How the therapist got her through a series of questions and kind of asking her to restate things down to when you drink, I feel alone and scared. Mm -hmm. And what a shift that made in how the husband received what she was trying to say, mm -hmm. but how often we don't, we aren't mm -hmm. willing to admit how we feel. Mm -hmm. It's about your fault. Like just what you just said, you know, it's easy to blame or it's easy to, um, even just kind of, yeah, criticize, I guess. And without really bringing it on ourselves, like when you do this, I feel, 
And then that shifted how her husband received it. And then he was like, well, you've never told me that you were scared. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. But, you know, a breakthrough. So it's so interesting. Well, and the other thing that um, I wanted to talk to you about is because you had just um, shared with me, you have some tips for marriage. And I loved looking at these. Um, what would you say is some good advice you've received about marriage through the years or some good advice you'd want to give out about marriage? Um, well, you know, it's always coming from older, older couples and, and some of the things that, you know, we, we always share, you know, don't go to bed angry. It's so true. Don't, I mean, yes. you know, you just, life is short. And I think that we can get so prideful, uh, that we're right or our way is the best way that we just don't give any room or wiggle room to really hear the other person out. And I think sometimes in marriage, especially, you know, you know, you've been married a couple of years, you get, you know, several kids, um, you know, in the household and, and it, it's like, you know, you're two passing ships in the night and you're talking, but you're not talking of any substance. And I think it's real important to, to, to be able to sit down and, and tell your feelings. If anything, I know one couple that kind of gave us advice and it's so smart. We usually do it Saturday mornings. We sit and we have coffee together and we kind of talk about our week and the plans for the next week and our goals. And it's kind of like, a you know, people might want to call it a family meeting, but it's really not that to us. It's kind of where we have like a reconnect of, you know, how's things going for you and, and really have some amazing talks that come out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, to, to do that. And I, it amazes me, you know, a lot of times you talk to couples, they just, they, they don't really have those. I call it quality. We can have quantity conversations every day, but do we have quality? Yes. Yeah. And that's what's the lifeblood of a marriage is, is the, is the, uh, you still got to have quantity in there. Okay. But I mean, that could, that quality conversations, you know, again, do, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you understand me? Those are crucial. Oh, I love that. Um, I remember early on in my marriage, my mom was such a good advice giver and just, she had a really strong marriage for 38 years and then my dad passed, but she was just so good. I remember early in my marriage, I said to her, I had just, you know, I was fed up with something a couple years in, you know, and I was like, um, well, I'm just going to live my life and he can just live his then. And she said, no, that's not going to work. She's like, you have to talk to him. You have to go to him. Like this is, you, you know, and I just remember like, there have been other times like that. My mom's just so good. Like what, even recently, my adult daughter, I said, I'm just so mad at her. I just don't even want to talk to her. And my mom said, you have to forgive her. And so my mom's always just really good with that advice. But I remember that so distinctly from early on, because if I wouldn't have had somebody, you know, who loves the Lord and cares for marriage and cares for me and giving me that, like I could have told a friend that and that friend could have said, yeah, whatever, they're jerks. Or you know what I mean? Like there could have been like bad influences around us as well. And I think that happens sometimes with marriage. Like you can get in kind of a bitching session with women Mm -hmm. and you lose that like care and respect and loyalty to your husband if you get involved in that. Does that make sense? I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because my husband and I years ago started a marriage ministry and, you know, we still consider our, um, our work every day and everything that we do as a ministry. Mm -hmm. And when we are given the opportunity to talk about marriage, you know, my husband um, has spoken to a lot of young, um, 
men's groups and so forth over the years that, you know, I've always shared and told women that that's kind of the most disrespectful thing that a man and woman can do is to talk bad about their spouse, especially in, in a company of many. Yes. I used to kind of a, to bring it up as a joke. It's like, why would you tell the world you made a horrible mistake? Right. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, why, why do you want to announce that? And, and I think that comes from a heart of a hardened heart of pride. When you start really in a way, I'm going to put him down so I can elevate myself up. Right. And yeah. um, never a healthy place to be because you have to remember, you know, marriage is a team sport. You know, you're on the same team. You're wearing the same colors. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're vying for the same, um, hopefully the same goals in life. And uh, recently this summer, I had a, um, a young bride that I had, I had mentored through high school and college. And we were invited to her, her wedding. But at her shower, I gave her a special book. And the front of it, I wrote down, uh, before you walk down the aisle, Sit down with your fiance and write down the top 10 things you want to do in your life together. Anyway, she contacted me a weeks later and she said, I just want you to know, I just want to cry to you. I did this. And it was such a relief to both of us. Mm -hmm. We were so caught up in all the wedding details and everything that we were doing, like with our careers, that yeah. we had stopped talking about what our goals were. And, and things that were like our bucket list. Mm -hmm. And she said, we both ended up crying at the end of it, saying that we, we, we never want to, you know, veer away from what we want to do together in life. Because a lot of times in couples, they, they stop talking about what they, even what they want to do together in life. Yeah. It becomes all about logistics, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. It's like the calendar and the kids and the rides and who needs what and the grocery store. And yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's such good advice before they get married. Like, mm -hmm. just write it down. Um, you, had, you had given me some examples, too, of questions to ask before walking down the aisle. So I just wanted to share these. So how much debt do you have? Do you mm -hmm. want children? Do you mm -hmm. need alone time? Mm -hmm. In regards to role modeling in their parents' marriage, how do you want things to be different? What does that look like? Um, boundaries with the opposite sex, social media is taking a toll. Yes. Mm -hmm. It um, is. You know, and I, my husband is not a big hugger of women and some of my friends joke about it, but like, you know, you'll have a whole group of people like, and you, you see each other at a party or you see each other somewhere and everyone's hugging each other. And my husband was always like, not very huggable. <laughs> um, and he's like, you know, he just wasn't comfortable with that, but I kind of appreciate it now. You know, we've been talking about it as we're older. And he said, one of the things that's just kind of kept him out of trouble in that arena is like, just not putting himself in certain situations mm -hmm. and yes. think about, um, Mike Pence, you know, how he said, I think it was Mike Pence who said he doesn't yes. go on the elevator with other women. And I know, um, Billy Graham said the same thing, right? Yes. And people out in the world are kind of like, making fun of that almost or like, well, why aren't you hugging or why aren't you, you know, going out to dinner with women and all of that. And it's not because it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Like they're setting boundaries mm -hmm. around how they want to engage with the opposite sex. So I think it's really important that you just put that boundaries with the opposite sex. Like reading that makes me think of all of those examples and how I think those are good examples. Absolutely. And, and, there, and there should be some code of conduct uh, that you should talk about as a couple. 
Um, you know, do you go out to lunch with the opposite sex? You know, do you travel to meetings to the op, you know, with the opposite sex? You know, you know, if, if you don't put boundaries in place, then there's, then, then what do you open up, right? What do you, right. what do you, because your marriage is supposed to be protected. And when it's unprotected, I guarantee you the evil one will find his way to destroy you because he wants to destroy, steal, and kill. And one of those things is marriages. Yeah. And definitely, um, I mean, I, you know, in working with the ministry out of Austin, Texas, I mean, it is, it is a real problem um, with, with boundaries today because of social media, because of the instant, instant gratification of, of being able to message someone, contact someone, um, and then also, you know, open up the big can of pornography. It's right there in the palm of your hand. You know, it is, it is a serious issue that is robbing marriages all over the world. And it's a serious issue. So if you don't think that's something you should be talking about in your marriage, you, you should think, you should think again, because it is, um, it is a real problem. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, for our kids going into marriage or even just dating all of that, it's just, it's living with intention again, like you mentioned earlier, you know, and I'm all about this as a life coach, like, what do you actually want? Like, so picturing that new bride and writing down, she and her husband writing down what they want, what they want to do together, what that's so important because it's like Stephen Covey teaches, you know, begin with the end in mind. And it's like, what do I want at the end? You know, it's now I get to say we've been married 25 years and it's so awesome. Like, I'm so happy that we made it, you know, and that we work toward it, but we weren't intentional. Like we didn't sit out down at 25 years old and say, what do we want? You know? And I think I, I love that idea teaching our young, teaching my young kids who are, you know, twenties to do that and to begin with the end in mind. What do you want to create here? Like you get to create this by the decisions that you make and the boundaries that you set. Yeah. Like what legacy do you want to, um, what do you want to leave? You know, I mean, that, that's a great question for a 25 year old to ask, right? Because yes. you are, I mean, you are planting the seeds in your life to get you where you want to go. Yes. And, and that's the same thing with marriage. If you don't plant the seeds as you, as you start and as you go, if, if you don't stay intentional and if you don't have healthy boundaries, um, I guarantee you with pretty certainty, um, you're going to come up uh, against a rough road. And there was something I was reading in Song of, uh, Song of Songs. Um, it's in uh, chapter 2, verse 14. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice. <clears throat> Let your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that run the vineyards, the vi or the vineyards, our vineyards, that are in bloom. And you can ask yourself, well, what are those little foxes today? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, boy. Well, those foxes are an unforgiving spirit. I think it's pride. I think it's pornography. I think it's not having healthy boundaries. Um, a lot of those little foxes will, will ruin the beautiful vineyard that you're trying to create in your, in your life to bring a, a bountiful harvest to your life. And um, I think just having um, assurance that you're trying to bring safety and protection into your marriage for one another is a very healthy thing to do today, especially in the year of, of 2020, right? 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it is, it is really something that, um, you know, a lot of marriages are just failing at today and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're failing horribly. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about and just not just helping the young couples to be honest with them about, you know, the own, the, the, the pitfalls and failures of our, of my own marriage I share with them. But, you know, it's just, it's just making yourself aware that no one is immune uh, from sin and from failure. And um, you need to be vigilant in, in care and taking care of your marriage because it is sacred. Our pastor sometimes says we're all just like one step away from blowing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, something I didn't share in the beginning, um, you know, I have spent over 25 years of my life doing interior design for both residential and commercial. And um, it was really hard for me to kind of step away from that because I just, I loved creating beautiful rooms and I loved the people that I met along the way. But that's kind of where you were talking about the, you know, it, the mortar uh, in the tile and bricks. I'm. I feel that God is using me for to be the mortar between the tile and bricks in people's lives, because I really do want to see people have healthy marriages. Because when you have healthy marriages, you have healthier children, and when we have healthier children, you know, therefore we create the legacy of of hopefully having healthier families. Uh, you know, in your family of origin of lineage that you're trying to create. You know, and I. And I love to see people, you know, uh, to be their best. So I, I feel like I've moved from making beautiful rooms to helping people have beautiful lives. And, you know, just like any house that you start out with, you know, it's, it's rugged and, and it's got the bones of all the two by fours. And it's kind of ugly, right? Until you start, you know, putting the hard work of the plaster and, and, and the paint that you're going to choose and everything. Well, just sometimes in our lives, you know, we have to choose um, all the, the pieces of accessories that are important to us along the way uh, to build our heart to be beautiful. And I always say that, you know, it starts with a strong foundation, just like a home, a life does too. But it doesn't mean that you have gone off course, that you can't start again. And, and that's one thing with the marriage. I want to speak to everyone out there. If you're really struggling today. You know, there's tools out there. There's resources. But the one thing that I found, especially working with people in crisis, it takes two to have a marriage. It can't just be a one-sided relationship that never really, you know, brings you to, to any place of wholeness. And, you know, that there are tools and people out there that can help you um, if you're really struggling in your marriage. So it's, I think it's um, just something that a lot of people just don't want to either admit to that they need the help or that um, they're just not comfortable with it. So I'm encouraging you to get comfortable with making your marriage amazing. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, Lisa, I love that so much because it's, it's needed and it, you're right. People don't want to talk about it. And I think that people go in not knowing what they're doing, not knowing what they're getting into and not being intentional. And then people, um, even after this many years, like I said, this excites me to think, oh, I want to take that. I want to do that evaluation. Like, cause I'm always, interested in all of that. The, the trick will be to get to my husband to want to take that evaluation. <laughs> oh, and you know, talking about, about that, there's nothing that's disclosed in this assessment that's like, yeah. you know, you're bad at your marriage or that you, you know, it, 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 it doesn't go there. So it's, it's really a lot of information from a, just what you would receive on a personality assessment. I it's love it. Basically, 
giving those things about your marriage and then, you know, combining them to how to, to have a more healthier relationship. So it's, it's a win-win. And that's the thing I got to get people past the fear when they say, Oh, I'm going to take a marriage assessment. Oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And one thing I want to share with you, how they've set this assessment up is like, so you've been married for 25 years, right, Sue? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you would fill out the um, information, when you first start the assessment, you'll put the date of your, your wedding date in. And then it'll ask, you know, maybe if you've had children, all that. And it'll spit back the questions that need to go to someone who's been married for 25 years. Yeah. So that's, that's what's so cool. That's what I love about it. Oh, so I love it. It's, got, it's got a lot of neat, a little, lot of neat little things that make this assessment just the whole package. Well, I love that. And what I'm going to do is for the people who are listening, I'll share all the links and everything to your website and everything they need to know. Um, would you recommend any other marriage resources? Are there books that you've read or people that you've heard speak or anything that you would recommend to people if they want to look things up or kind of start down this journey? No, absolutely. Um, Simbus itself has a wonderful devotion that, um, that's, that's like a 365-day um, devotion that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I really love it. Uh, basically, it's entitled Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. But that could be for... Um, I mean, even if you're married, it's just, it's just a really great resource. Um, so they do have some books online. You can get those on Amazon. So okay. even if you just put Simba Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts, it'll give you a couple of books that you can look into for that. Awesome. Um, uh, one book that I'm passionate about, it might be, in fact, I give this to every Simba's couple that I um, uh, take through the assessment. It's called Choosing Marriage why it has to start with we greater than me mm. and it's from deborah and i don't know if i'm pronouncing her name correctly i'm probably really hurting it so deborah i'm so sorry if you hear this um it's felita f-i-l-e-t-a mm -hmm. deborah and i can put that in my notes when i send yeah. that to you absolutely great and think about that we is greater than me yes well, what happens in marriage? We become selfish. We become self-centered. You know, we think we're the only one that's right. Uh, we may get stuck into family traditions. My father wasn't this way. My mother never acted that way. Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And we start to forget that we are a we and not a me. And yep. it's just, you know, I said there's two things that kills marriages. It's complacency and selfishness. Mm. If you have any of those two components, your marriage is miserable. Because marriage is definitely a team sport, and it is um, it takes it takes two to um, really be whole and to be healthy together. So it's it's so important that those two things don't show up. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's good. That helps. I'll put those books in the um, show notes as well. So I mean, we're almost out of time here. So I just want to thank you so much. I love this conversation. And I think it's kind of like, it'll never, you're always changing in your marriage too, right? Like you talked about the seasons, but I feel like you're in new stages. Like we're about to be empty nesters. Like that's a whole new thing. And I'm there and, I'm there and it is a whole new thing. And I'm telling you, Sue, it's a whole new exciting chapter. We have all this travel. We're going to go to Israel in February. And I mean, just so many things. But one thing that we didn't really hit on before we leave, I just want to yeah. say, is that communication is one of the most important pieces of your marriage mm -hmm. because your marriage is going to go through some really crazy times. Everyone does. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just so important that you keep those lines of communication strong and that you keep seeing each other for the person that you've fallen in love with. And I will tell you, I, we share this with my husband and I speak together is that there's no one that made me more Christ-like than my husband. Mm. I had to truly learn how to love my husband like, you know, like Jesus did. I think there's a song out like that. And it is so true. Um, I learned so much about my prideful spirit. Um, I mean, there were so many things in the healing of our marriage that we both learned um, that we ourselves uh, were failing at just in being um, the person that God had made us to be. And, you know, once we got those things, you know, put back in, in the healthy manner in which they would be, it became where, you know, God was able to use us for a greater cause and to make our marriage a beautiful, beautiful relationship again. So it's, it's been a journey, mm -hmm. but it's one that um, has ended up being a beautiful one. Well, a couple of words that I wrote down when you first started talking, and that's a perfect way to end it, what you just said. And some of the things that you said um, came out of all of this is that um, you went through the fire together you're kinder, you're wiser, you're deeper, and you're stronger advocates for one another. And your ability to be vulnerable is what allowed you to do this work. And yeah. all of those things are things I think that we all want. We want our marriages to be kinder, wiser, and deeper. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such a joy. And I, oh, I hope you. that uh, this today's conversation, if uh, it's just prompted anyone to invest greater in their marriage, making date night once a week or going to a retreat, um, then you know what? It's great. I always call this kind of work the starfish theory. If, you know, if it impacted just one this was worth every minute of conversation, Sue. And I really appreciate all that you're doing to bring out the great big yes in everyone. I just love your spirit and attitude and I just wish you the best too. So it's been great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know it's going to bless many people. So thank you. Thank you.